0: So it's developing that rapport, building leverage. So truly understanding what the person's pain points are, what their gaps are, what problem they're trying to solve, and then having a product or a service that sells it. But you have to build that leverage. So you ask all the right questions first before you ever start selling your solution.
1: Today, we get to speak with Michael Dash. He's an entrepreneur, a best-selling author of Chasing the High, business coach, recovering addict, speaker, and philanthropist. He founded the FATE series, From Addict to Entrepreneur, published on Thrive Global on Medium.com, as well as on Maryland Coaching and Mentoring. Michael works with entrepreneurs, helping them streamline their businesses while increasing profits and helping them find clarity, consistency, and connection. This allows them to step into the true leader they were meant to be. Michael is the co-founder of Activated.life, a social movement focused on inspiring a culture of positivity, authenticity, passion, empathy, and resilience while giving back to others. Michael is an avid volunteer, fundraiser, and mentor, and is dedicated to bringing positive change to leaders of all kinds. So let's listen to this conversation as we learn more about Michael and what got him started. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. Want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Michael, how are you doing today?
0: I'm fantastic.
1: How are you? I'm doing great as well. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Hope everything is great with you. Tell us a little bit little... bit about yourself and how you got started
0: sure i am the son of an entrepreneur so i was born into you know a family where my dad had his own business and uh, he had me working at a very young age uh, seven eight years old so i learned what work ethic was at a very young age he actually started in our house down our basement And then with an import-export business and eventually opened up a retail store. And then he had me working in the warehouse and the retail store all around like Fine China and uh, Lalique, Waterford, Baccarat, Crystals, stuff like that. Um, So I I learned early on how to sell. And that's really where I got my start all growing up. I worked every single year. He said, Michael, you want to eat dinner? You're going to help me at the warehouse. And I said, okay. (laughs)
1: You know, uh, hard work is not that hard. You just got to keep doing it. But I think selling is also hard work, which I am still struggling on learning that art. So tell me, you know, uh, what's the key to selling, and and like how like how would it have how would a sorry i'm just losing my words how how would your life be a little bit different if your dad didn't include you to do all of those tasks
0: well sales for me is like i feel like it comes natural i mean i love doing it i'm born i was born selling ice to an eskimo before when i was in my mom's womb i was selling something Mm uh for her to push me out quicker uh so uh i just uh it's just something that really comes natural. I believe the key to selling is number one, developing rapport, okay? Mm -hmm. You have to like who you, what people wanna like who they buy from. They don't wanna buy from somebody who's a jerk, right? Right. They're they're gonna go somewhere else. So it's developing that rapport, building leverage. So truly understanding what the person's pain points are, what their gaps are, what problem they're trying to solve. And then having a product or a service that sells it, but you have to build that leverage. So you ask all the right questions first before you ever start selling your solution.
1: Wow. So how do you even know what questions to ask?
0: Well, it depends what service or product that Mm. you're selling. So the questions will differ, but it's really about finding the root cause of what is causing them problems, whether it's in their personal life, their business life, their, you know, uh, um, relationships, whatever it is. So for instance, uh, let's say coaching, if you're selling coaching services, Mm -hmm. and like for me, for instance, I... I had a business for 12 years, a staffing business. I sold it, staffing and recruiting, and now I do executive coaching. Um, When I'm talking to a prospect, I ask them, where do you need help in running your business? Now, a lot of business owners run things in a chaotic manner. So it could be, I need help in systems and solutions could be implementation. It could be customer client relations or sales, like you mentioned earlier, and it could be interpersonal communication within the organization, motivating team members or hiring team members or mm-hmm. uh, you know processes within the company. Once you identify those things, then you can sell the services that you're providing by discussing, in my case at least, I ran a business for 12 years Mm. we were billing five million dollars that are five and a half million dollars at our peak year and wow. over a 12-year period uh, we've did revenue of over 30 35 million dollars and this is how I handled it mm. now not the way I handled it might not be their solution but at least it gives them a context of where then we can can jump into that field, so to speak, of, of how I handled it and how it worked for my business, and then dissect how it could work for theirs.
1: Mm. No, that's, that's a really good point. So having that knowledge ahead of time, or even like, hey, my services that I'm selling is helping people set up their websites or helping helping them set up a digital brand, or set up their studio. So how would I take that and then create questions? around the services that I sell, is what I got to do the research and figure out what people are asking about.
0: Uh, you could just come up with that on your own also, just take every right. solution, turn your solution into a question.
1: Turn a and solution.
0: use that question with your prospects. And lead them to the answer you want to hear. Because mm. when you get them to say what maybe you already know, then you provide the solution. And then it's okay. a very easy sale. Well, you told me this was your problem. Yeah. This is the solution for that problem. Voila. People Voila. overcomplicate it.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I overcomplicate instead of figuring out how to bring people in to tell them how to, you know, how to set up a studio. Instead, I just keep tinkering into my own studio because, hey, that's where I find a ton of fun in doing. So I'm constantly tweaking, I'm constantly upgrading and adding, adding this thing and that thing because that just brings me passion. But how do I, you know, bring it around and like, hey, this is what I can help you do And this is like, are you having trouble with bad lighting for your videos when you're creating content or Yeah. So that's
0: the number one thing I would first tell you, uh, ask open-ended questions. So what you just asked was a closed-ended question. Ah. You don't want to ask a question where they can say yes or no, because you want the client or potential client to talk as much as possible. The more they talk, the more you Mm. learn about the challenges they're having. Then you take their answers and you turn their answers into further questions. I am a big believer that every answer evokes a new question. And it's like, think of it as an onion and you're just peeling the layers back and Mm. you keep peeling them back. And to go back to your per- first point about tinkering with your studio and everything, and it looks amazing, by the way.
1: Yeah, thank but you. But
0: it, sh- it, it, it. Somebody told me a long time ago, it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to get done.
1: Right. Exactly. It's better. It's better done than perfect.
0: It'll never be perfect. So it'll be perfect. Yeah. So why keep tinkering? Start selling. Mm.
1: Cause I come in here and I'm like, okay, I I just still need to move these books around I need to, you know, clean this up, but it's doing the job already. People are already voted by it. Right.
0: Nobody knows that you got to move books around except you.
1: Yes, that's true. (laughs) Comes from, you know, uh, comes from experience, right? You've, you've been in that boat, you've done it for 12 years. You know, you've seen, I've been
0: uh, selling for twenty five years.
1: There you go. You're right. So yeah. you know, you learn from your dad. You learn from doing it on your own. You know, you you've had decades of experience, and you can pinpoint and see where somebody is not hundred percent motivated in selling, versus they just love doing. You know, the other thing. Man, super, super. So okay, what? Uh, tell us a version of your journey that no one's heard of before so you told us about you know you're a son of an entrepreneur you know you you had firsthand experience and uh, being in the close proximity of an entrepreneur that was your you know dad and so tell us a version that no one's heard of before I'm sure you've talked about this many times
0: so that's an interesting question because i wrote a book and basically told everything uh in the (laughs) book um and have subsequently talked a lot about my journey uh but um i do come from an addictive uh background um i was addicted to gambling and a variety of drugs over the years yeah and i've come out of that on the other side but one thing i don't really talk about is I'm actually addicted to the sale. I'm Mm. addicted to. uh, And it can be a negative addiction. It's not like the gambling or the drugs, but I'm addicted to the rush I get when I close a deal. Mm. There is it's just I can't even describe it. But it's just my heart is beating and pumping. I'm just like, I want to chest bump somebody, you know, And I don't really talk about that a lot, but Mm -hmm. a lot that adrenaline rush that I get from it will keeps me always in sales. Even when I, you know, I was the CEO of a company, Mm -hmm. you know, I built this company. At the end of the day, that CEO, it's just some title at the core of who or what I'm passionate about, it's sales. Mm -hmm. And so I think finding what you're passionate about is really important. because then you can live a fulfilled life and yeah. then you're never waking up saying oh i have to do this you're mm. waking up saying oh i get to do this
1: i get to do this yeah, yeah. and
0: that's, no, that's the, really that's, that's really powerful. fulfillment
1: yeah i love it i love it it's it's really powerful and 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 what's funny is that we are so so lucky to be living in this time and this era I mean, the whole world is going through a situation, a pandemic that's, that it's never seen, you know, in the past over a hundred years, right? So it's, it's a brand new experience for a ton of us and how each one, each one of us is handling it. It's totally different from how somebody else is handling it. So we're, we're definitely in a, in a space of a ton of gratitude, a ton of Ability to you know make connections like this like we probably met a couple of times before but you know having being able to talk on a deeper level on a much um, Emotional level is is you know a a, a definitely a life-changing experience so yeah, what... for
0: sure. I mean, it's all about growing and, you know, talk about different people are handling things differently. I mean, I moved to Tulum, Mexico. Mm. And, the... you know, I, I'm, I'm living my life, not based on what uh, my family says, not based mm-hmm. on what the media says, not based on what politicians say, yeah. none of the, of the things that are happening in the outside world um, should dictate how you live. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying don't be safe. Be safe. Be safe. Okay. But live your life. And that's what so many people are not doing right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We are we're definitely struggling. And and it it definitely helps to know that we still have the time to go out and do what we love to do. So, Michael, what keeps you motivated to the things that you're doing? So you sold your company. uh, You mentioned about a book that you wrote. What and then you also mentioned about moving out to uh, Mexico. Is that right? Yeah. Um, So what keeps you motivated in, in moving forward and creating a life that you love? I mean, that answers the question, but Tell yeah. us about a little bit about your motivation
0: yeah so i still enjoy talking about my book it was released like a year uh a year and a couple months ago it's called mm. chasing the high It just yeah. if anybody's watching Chasing video, the high nice there's a picture it's about my journey through addiction entrepreneurship lawsuits all the mistakes i made and then the uh, uh how i changed my life basically Uh, about three and a half, four years ago when I uh, started studying flow and uh, living in a state of flow and with the whole premise being, if it's not a hell yes, it should be an F no in everything that you do. And I never lived my life previous to that. So what, when I sold my company, I was in a very bad place, very negative mm-hmm. place, still dealing with some addictions, just coming out of a lawsuit that cost me $1 million that wow. I had saved up after all those years, $1 million in legal fees, and I lost it all. Um, but I learned valuable lessons that, uh, that are priceless and I'm glad for it. I came out a better man on the other side. And I made a promise to myself that I was going to start doing things that I hadn't done my whole life and start tapping into my creative side, uh, my more feminine side of us. Right. Because as a man, Growing up in this country, the way I grew up, son of an entrepreneur, it was build, 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 success, success, success. Buy things, get bigger, get bigger titles, bigger houses, cars, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not
0: from my family necessarily, but from all the people that were around, me. all my friends, all this. It was just a game. It was a, it was just a never, nothing was enough. But the funny thing is, when I had a million dollars, when I had these things, I was not a happy person, and yeah. I don't have them now, and I am way more fulfilled than I ever was then. So I made a promise to start tapping into my creative side because that's what motivates me, and I want to do more of that. And so I actually uh, am brought uh, been, have been brought in as a partner down here on a business with my uh, neighbor who lives uh, underneath me on the nice. first floor. I'm on the second floor, and she has a fat, she has a female dress line and oil company something which um clearly qualified for women's dresses and me obviously it's you know, <laughs> a no-brainer uh so i'm a partner in that helping on the financial side of things helping with systems helping with connections and things like that i'm starting a podcast down here um with the same person called yeah. tales from tolu nice. tales from tolu that's yeah. really creative and in getting involved and i just purchased land down here in mexico and i'm going to be building architecting designing and building a wellness house for myself and all my friends to come to which is very creative these are all things i've never done before Mm -hmm. and that is what motivates me and excites me and on top of that uh it also um drives that creative spirit and um uh and and will have impact on other people as well
1: dude, that's, that's really powerful. And, and it's amazingly beautiful, like being able to do that, go out there and create a partnership and then creating all of these new experiences for for yourself, as well as the people that you love. I think that is that is the epitome of living the dream, right, living your own dream, essentially.
0: Yeah, totally. And it took me years to be able to do that.
1: But yeah, that's fantastic. Get out of the matrix, so to speak. (laughs) You're unplugged, man, you're unplugged. So Michael, tell us. So you have a photo up behind you as your virtual background. That looks epic. Tell us a little bit about uh, this journey that you overtook.
0: Yeah, so that was when I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. So that's at the top of Kilimanjaro, I'm obviously excited, and the cover of my book, which I showed before, this is also a picture from the top of Mount Kilimanjaro that I took, and they were mm-hmm. able to put on the book.
1: Nice. And
0: basically, I have done a lot of work with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, and I've mm-hmm. raised... Uh, a approximately $150,000 for them over several years. I ran four marathons with them.
1: Wow. And then
0: they were offering an opportunity to raise money and in what they called a climb for a cure. So you got to actually climb Mount Kilimanjaro and raise money for leukemia at the same time. Wow. And that's the perfect combination for me is being able to uh, uh, create uh, uh, some epic event and, and, and achieve some epic event while at the same time raising money that had impact that impacts others in a positive manner. And so it was just one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. And I would do it again in a second. I encourage anybody who has the opportunity to do it. it took about six days to get up and two days to come down.
1: Wow, that is definitely epic. And I'm sure you had to train for it. And I mean, you you've done four marathons. So you had some training, but talk us, you know, tell us a little bit about like what it took for the training piece of even going through such a, such a journey.
0: Yeah. So for me, uh, to be frank, I didn't train that much. Um, I know from my marathon running mm-hmm. that it is mind over matter. And if mm-hmm. you don't mind, then it don't matter. So, <laughs> um, so I really, uh, I was going to Orange Theory Fitness at the time. So I okay. was doing a lot of like on the treadmill, like mm-hmm. walking really, really fast at the like 15 angle. on the oh, incline. My so that was really hard, actually. So I was doing some of that training and I probably did. I was in Utah at the time and I did a couple of hikes and climbs that were really steep. Um, so that's really all I did to prepare was. Two really, uh, and I camped one night uh, with my brother took me camping, because I had never camped before in my life, believe it or not, before I went on that journey. So uh, those were all the things that I did. I didn't really do that much. The the marathons I trained heavily for, like I did 20 mile runs and stuff. So um, I was way more prepared for the marathons than for the climb, but it went smooth. I was sore, but it went smooth.
1: So you you just you you mentioned three. It took you three days to go up to the top, and it's about I, from the image it looks like nineteen thousand three hundred forty one feet. Uh, and so, if I can't I can't remember where Kilimanjaro is. Tell us tell us a little bit. Uh, it's in
0: Tanzania, Africa.
1: It's in Africa. Okay. Tanzania. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Um, there's this um, new documentary that I recently watched with. Ewan McGregor and he basically drove or rode a motorcycle, electric motorcycle, from the south of from the south, the the most southest tip of South America, and drove it. You know, drove this electric bike all the way up to Los Angeles, and imagine driving a electric motorcycle. <laughs> um, really epic sceneries and i was uh, i it it almost made me into a believer or, or not just a believer but you know getting into motorcycle riding and and whatnot so uh these experiences that we that we essentially out of body experiences that we you know put ourselves into are totally out of this world kudos to you man
0: thank you yeah i encourage uh, the outdoor adventures are the the best i never used to do them but they bring so much fulfillment and nature is such a calming and peaceful place to be especially especially these days
1: beautiful man i love it all right so let's move on to uh the book and you know tell so you said the book is is already available and we can uh, and you obviously drop the link into the show notes so people can you know go check out the book tell us what inspired you to write the book. And I think you mentioned a little bit about, you know, you left the company, you sold the company, because you were not finding the fulfillment in it.
0: Uh, Yeah, Uh, so I was running this company that was actually running me. And I had about 40 employees, I had offices in Utah, New York and India. Uh, And um, I bought it from my business partner about five and a half years in, Mm. and we were at each other's throat. We actually hated each other at the end. Wow. And uh, within the first six months, she, in my mind, violated our agreement, and that triggered a lawsuit. Mm. And that lawsuit went on for six years. During that time, I was trying to run the business. I was shielding my employees from the lawsuit. They didn't know about it. I didn't want to tell them. Yeah, um, it, because I didn't want them worrying about their jobs or anything.
1: Exactly.
0: And um, it was just a very combative time. A very good, and I was, you know, using outlets, you know, I was taking Adderall every day at work, which wow. really put me in a bad place. Adderall is a very dangerous drug. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was smoking marijuana every night when I came home, I was drinking right. on the weekends and, and going to the bars. And at the time I owned the bar. Uh, as well as my staffing business. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had, you know, a couple of houses I was managing. And, you know, look, I don't want anyone to feel bad for me. These are high society problems. I created every problem in my life. I've created all of them. And, you know, until I admitted that, then I couldn't deal with it and manage it. And I think a lot of people are, it's easy for us to blame others, but uh, we really got to own it and take the responsibility ourselves because we create the majority of issues in our own lives. And if we create it, then we can solve it.
1: Yes. So, uh,
0: you know, I didn't want to be one of these people who was, you know, complaining all the time and whining and bitching and moaning and blah, blah, Mm. blah, blah, blah. And so I sold the company and, um, I really just wanted to start over, because yeah. I was miserable. From the outside looking in, everybody thought I had everything. I got a successful company, I got a bar, I got these houses, I got, uh, you know, I'm a, I got people around me, all this stuff. But I was in a, when I was in a room full of people, I felt completely alone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I wasn't yeah. happy, and I wasn't fulfilled, that's not what I wanted my life to be. but. I didn't know any better because I wasn't exposed to anything else, just yeah. like a lot of us. Yes. You know? So uh, I decided to do something about it and, and I did, and I didn't like walk away with like a lot of people who sell their companies, they walk away, they're set for life. That wasn't my case. <laughs> the money I got was to pay off my bills, pay off yeah. the lawsuit, pay off, uh, you know, the, the loans I took out and start fresh. And that's what I've done.
1: That's amazing. So what's what I see is that you know, having that experience having being able to go through such crazy situations, also help build you up because you've gone through the process, you made your multi million, you know how it's done. If you were able to hit the reset switch, and take all that knowledge with you, and that's what you were able to do, you can create those situations again, meaning the success again, and that's what you're able to do now.
0: Yeah, and you know that's what I, you, you mentioned the book earlier and uh, chasing the high, and you know that is what a. There's a great. I've been, I've gotten great feedback on two chapters. One is on flow. Well, on the book, on the whole book, I don't want to say two chapters, but the two best chapters. Yeah. One is on flow and having the ability to tap in and follow your intuitive guide, to follow your intuition at Mm -hmm. all times, even when your conscious mindset is fighting it. Because that's what happens. Our body tells us one thing, our mind tells us another. Yeah, like we need to listen to our body and our energy. And that is a tough thing to not only listen to. But for me, I'm I'm from the East Coast. Mm -hmm. I'm an East Coast guy. Like they don't believe in that stuff back there, you know? It's just like work hard, grind it out, suck it up, don't stop complaining, stop whining, you know? Because if you don't, somebody else will and they'll step on you and step over you. So I have a whole chapter on flow and then I have another chapter talking and it's called the habit of habit making and the importance of having habits in your life Mm -hmm. and following them. And then as you evolve as a human, Your habits should evolve with you.
1: Oh, yes. Absolutely. Need to.
0: Need to. So you like eliminating some of those habits that don't serve you anymore and incorporating others that do. And those two chapters are really powerful. And if you want to read those chapters, you can find Chasing the High on Amazon.com and on Audible. And I actually read it on Audible. No way. So you're reading it. It's my voice, so it's it was a unique experience. So if you want to hear Jersey accent for four hours, hop on (laughs) Audible and uh, buy me a hot dog because that two dollars and fifty cents every every download. So it's really exciting.
1: (laughs) Love it. Well, we'll be sure to include the links to your book and the Audible, you know, on the podcast show notes. And thank you so much, man. This was so much fun. Before we go. I do have some quick questions for my guests uh, that relate to a little bit of of our fun side.
0: Sure, that this was
1: already not fun. <laughs> Alright, what is the one hobby that you wish you got into?
0: The one hobby that I wish I got into? That's a good question. You know, one thing that I uh being in Mexico and near the ocean and uh one thing that I really like to learn or I will learn how to do is sail. I wanna go sailing Ooh. on one of these huge like sailboats that with the like the sail is like bigger than like 50 people put together Uh i just want to experience that and i don't maybe not learn how to do it but experience it be on the the boat while that's happening like i'm talking a mass like a huge you know sailboat I, i would really love to experience that i love being out with the wind in my face whether it's on a motorcycle whether it's in the ocean like i love that feeling of freedom that's what freedom is all about
1: in my eyes no amen dude amen i love it What did you want to be when you were a child?
0: An entrepreneur. You did it. I knew what I wanted to be straight on. I never even had another thought. I followed my dad around and I wanted to be the boss. And then I I found out it's really not all that it's cracked up to be.
1: (laughs) Well said, man. Well said, Michael. All right, next up, what is your favorite movie or TV show?
0: Uh, Goodfellas is my favorite movie. I, uh, you know, East Coast, uh, I just loved it. Yeah. I love, I love Mafia movies. Uh, yeah.
1: No, they're, they're, they're one of the best ones out there, man.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Next question. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it?
0: Uh, The Wolf of Wall Street.
1: Oh, and that's a good one.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, here's the funny thing. I still haven't seen that movie. I know there's a lot of cursing in it. And I, I know there's a lot of power in that movie. And I need to go see, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. Kick the butt out of that. Yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> I, I, I think, um, I think you can, I don't know. There's some of these platforms now that you can eliminate the cursing. But.
1: Wow. That'll be interesting to see.
0: Yeah.
1: Next question and my, uh, one of my favorite questions, I guess, because it it defines your character as well. Who is your favorite superhero?
0: Uh, so believe it or not, I'm not a superhero guy. Uh, yeah. I never got into it, but I'll tell you the favorite cartoon I had was Mighty Mouse. Oh I'm man, I don't remember that. Mighty, I, don't I loved that. Mighty Mouse because I like the small business person, the underdog, the you know, uh, um, you know, I like the, the to support small businesses, owners, and everything, and the underdog in a fight. I like to root for, um, because it's an uphill battle. There's always a story to be told, and then when you overcome that, then it's it's like this great feat and great accomplishment, and 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 so, so that's the closest I could come. No, I, I know, like it, man. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of. I mean, most people are into superheroes. I, I just never got into it. I was actually, as a kid, I watched a lot of WWE, WWF wrestling.
1: <laughs> I saw WWF uh, growing up as well, and I'm gonna have to pull, pull. You know, check YouTube for some of that Mighty Mouse episodes, because that was it's. It, it had a nice tune to it as well, and and you know, it was a pretty, pretty cool cartoon. No, yeah, last sure. question: <laughs> If you were a board game, what would it be?
0: Um, if I was a board game, what would it be? I mean, I love Monopoly, but mm. I don't think I just like the game. Um, yeah. But that's boring. Um, probably shoots and ladders.
1: Shoots and ladders.
0: And don't ask me why. I have no idea.
1: No, I. I know exactly why, because there's, <laughs> you chase those highs up those ladders, and sometimes you're going to come sliding down, you know. It, it's That's right, it. sometimes
0: that ladder's going to hit you right in the head.
1: <laughs> exactly, man. I love it. Thank you so much, Michael. This was a ton of fun. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your journey, sharing your story, sharing all the wisdom that you've, uh, you know, uh, accumulated over the past couple of decades in, in running businesses and running teams and... Shielding your employees from crazy stuff that happens that people don't really know about and then even being able to write a book all around your experiences, you know I'm, I'm, uh, We'll be sure to share those links and how uh, People can you know learn more about you. What's the best place for people to connect with you?
0: They can connect on uh, so I mean my website is www.michaelgdash.com, so you okay. can always reach me there. But then on Instagram, I'm just mdash1, uh, and then I'm LinkedIn and Facebook. You can find me there also.
1: Perfect. We'll be sure to include those links to the show notes as well, so people can get in touch with you. Thank you so much again, Michael. Have an amazing day.
0: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Got it.
1: Thank you for listening to Hacks and Hobbies. You can find additional information on the guest today on the website hacksandhobbies.com. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming interviews with amazing guests.